Welcome to Talks at Advent, homilies and reflections given at the Church of the Advent, a Western Rite Orthodox mission in Atlanta, Georgia. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, God is one. Today we begin the season of Advent. Here in the Northern Hemisphere, Advent corresponds with the last part of the fall season, before winter begins, and just about a few days before Christmas. Thus, the days have been growing shorter and the nights longer. And during this time, when the dark seems to be taking over, here at church, we don't hear that message. We don't hear a message of fear. We don't hear that it's time to slumber. Instead, what does St. Paul say to us? He says, the night is far spent, the day is at hand. Now it is high time to awake out of sleep. But what is that brightness that we see rising? What is the source of that light? It's Jesus Christ, our Lord, of course. And it's our job, our goal in life, to bring that light into this dark world. Each of us is in a different place on our spiritual journey, and I'm calling you today to make Advent a time of spiritual growth for yourself. If you're just starting or restarting that journey, the first way that you can bring that light into the world is by pointing to the light of Christ. John the Baptist points to Christ when the priests and Levites come from Jerusalem to ask him who he is. He tells them he isn't the Christ. Instead, he says that I am the voice of one crying out of the wilderness. And then the next day, he said, as Jesus walks by, behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. The next day, he does it again as Jesus walks by, which then leads two of John's disciples to follow Jesus, one of whom being Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. And what was the first thing Andrew did? He ran home and found Peter and told him that he had found the Messiah. And we all know what they did together with Christ, pointing others to Christ, who pointed others, who pointed others, all the way down to those who point us to him today. The next part of our journey is to reflect the light of Christ. Now, you're not just showing others a different sort of source of light, but you have started radiating some of that light. You're not just pointing to it, you're actually radiating some of that glow yourself. Now, of course, the light still comes from Christ, like the light of the moon comes from the sun. The light is good for navigating in the darkness, but it doesn't light everything up like the sun does. The light is beautiful, but it isn't going to keep you warm at night. Yet this is an important part of our journey, too. When we're reflecting the light of Christ, it means that some of the dirt on us has been washed off. It means we are becoming more of an icon of Christ, which, like that icon behind me, reflects the light of this room for our eyes to be able to see the image of Christ. It also means that we're better able to point to Christ because as a mirror, we know where that warming light of Christ is coming from. And the final and most challenging part of the journey is for us not to just be reflecting the light, but to be emanating it ourselves. A couple of weeks ago, when discussing the parable of the wedding garment, we talked about how we put on Christ in our baptism. We also talked about the ways in which we may have lost that garment through our inattention, our sin, and our unwillingness to be fully identified with Christ. Yet, this is our calling, to truly put on Christ so that we are not mere reflections of Christ, but have truly been transformed into him. 
Let me tell you a story from the sayings of the Desert Fathers. A collection of, this is a collection of sayings, a uh, bunch of pithy stuff, and notable episodes from the lives of some extremely holy monks and nuns who lived in the desert in the third and fourth century. It's well worth a read, and perhaps you might want to consider it for some reflective Advent reading. One of those stories relates that Abba Lot goes to see Abba Joseph. Abba means father, right? These are the monks, that's how, and how, how they referred to each other. So Abba Lot goes to see Abba Joseph, and Abba Lot said to him, Abba, as far as I can say, I do my little office, I read my psalms, I fast a little bit, I pray and I meditate, I live in peace with others as far as I can. I purify my thoughts. Tell me, Father, what else, what more can I do? And then the old man, Father Joseph, stood up, stretched out his hands towards heaven, and his fingers became like ten lamps of fire. And he said to him, if you will, you can become all flame. You might argue that the story doesn't answer how to accomplish being all flame, but I think it does. Essentially, Abba Joseph is saying that Abba Lot's already there by doing his little office, reading his psalms, fasting, praying, meditating, living in peace with others, and purifying his, his thoughts, all he needs to do is take the next step to become all flame. As Abba Joseph says to him, he merely needs to will it for it to happen because he already has the foundation to fully put on Christ, to put on that cloak of flame. I also find similarities between this story of Abba Joseph and Abba Lot with a certain ruler who comes to Jesus and asks what he needs to do to inherit eternal life. And Jesus essentially replies, keep the commandments. And the ruler says he has done all that. And Jesus doesn't disagree with him, but merely adds that he needs to sell everything he owns and give it to the poor. Yet the ruler became sad, right? Because he was extremely wealthy and attached to his material goods. He had all the resources to do what Jesus asked, but he still lacked the will to do so. And in these stories, we hear the central theme that ties all these different places we can aim for on our journey together, whether it be pointing to, reflecting, or becoming all flame. That's love. But how is that love expressed? In keeping the commandments. In today's epistle reading, St. Paul writes, Owe no man anything but to love one another. For he that loveth another hath fulfilled the law. And he goes right into a, a, a recital of the Ten Commandments, right? Thou shalt not commit adultery, thou shalt not kill, thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not bear false witness, thou shalt not covet. And if there be any other commandment, he says, it is briefly comprehended in this saying, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Love worketh no ill to his neighbor, therefore love is the fulfilling of the law. Our society has worked to redefine love in so many ways, but St. Paul's message is clear. Love is the fulfilling of the law, and the law is the expression of love. Here he is touching just on the parts about the way we relate to our neighbors, but of course the first part of the Ten Commandments relates to our relationship with God, loving him with all our minds, our hearts, our bodies, and souls. So wherever we are on the journey and wherever we want to arrive on that spiritual journey when we celebrate the birth of Christ on Christmas, we must commit to following the commandments of God because that is how we love our neighbor. Here at the Advent, we have also created a pledge for the season to help us keep this season holy and reflective. It focuses on three simple maxims. Buy less, give more. Eat less, pray more. 
and fear less, hope more. You'll find some details uh, on the webpage uh, under Parish Life Upcoming Events section. But some, some suggestions include not throwing Christmas parties until Christmas, not feeding into our consumerist culture by buying unnecessary gifts and using instead that money to buy, uh, to, to um, give to charitable causes. And by the way, each year at the Advent, we choose a cause to give money to, and we've been discussing that amongst ourselves, and we'll let you know soon if you'd like to join in on the cause that the church plans to give to. To spend less time with the noise of our world, less time watching the news or um, being on social media, more time instead with the people around you, more time reading your Bible, praying, coming to church services and activities, and Later today, I'm going to send out a newsletter, which will also have some, some uh, resources for you during this season. To offer thanks to God for the blessings you have in your life. And to fast on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays, which means decreasing the number of meals to, uh, on those days, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, generally to around one normal-sized meal and one smaller meal, about a quarter of your normal meal, and not eating before noon each day and avoiding certain kinds of food. That's flesh meat, pork, beef, chicken, their juices like in gravies or broths. That's how we fast in our, our Western Orthodox tradition. So keep the fast during the Advent season. And if for some reason your health, or this just doesn't sound possible for you, let's talk about it and come up with something that you can achieve, but don't just decide for yourself what you're going to do. The point about this whole thing is obedience. So buy less, give more, eat less, pray more, and fear less, hope more. In that you hear what the rich ruler couldn't quite commit to in order to inherit eternal life. Buy less, give more, eat less, pray more, and fear less, hope more. In that you hear the simple work of Abelot that brought him to the edge of becoming all flame like Abba Joseph. In that you hear echoes of St. Paul's call to us today, that the night is far spent, the day is at hand. Let us therefore cast off the works of darkness and let us put on the armor of light. Put on the Lord Jesus Christ, he says, and make not provision for the flesh to fulfill the lusts thereof. Brothers and sisters, commit to put on Christ this Advent season more fully. Commit to keeping the Advent pledge. Commit to keeping the commandments. Commit to loving God and your neighbor. Talks at Advent. Homilies and reflections given at the Church of the Advent, a Western Rite Orthodox mission in Atlanta, Georgia.